Welcome to Recently Logged, where this week we're talking about that one Tom Cruise film, but not the one you think. <laughs> Greetings. Hello. Welcome and, to Recently Logged. And salutations. <laughs> So not salutations yet. We got we got like a whole episode to go. Uh, but uh, hello, welcome to Recently Logged. I'm Robbie and I'm Micah, and together we talk about uh, the many films movies. of Tom Cruise. All of them. We we did, we already did all the Mission Impossible we, movies. Exactly. We're just we're ticking them down. We, we, we just have to get to the through the rest we've of them. Got now. A, a, a lot to go, but <laughs> but they're there. He's been in 82 films. Man, Minority Report. Really, really out Very there. <laughs> Wonder how many feature length. Hold on, talk about something. Okay, uh, today we're talking about uh, something cool, something awesome. Seventy-six feature length <laughs> films. That's not that much difference. It's pretty impressive. Is that counting documentaries? Yes. Okay, but yes, we're talking about a pretty cool film this uh, this week. Yeah, we're talking about uh, Ridley Scott's Legend. Legend, which, uh, which I, I had never heard of. This. I had never heard of this either. Okay, so we were in Barnes & Noble shopping for Criterion. The, the Barnes & Noble Criterion we half-off we sale. And no, this is not in the Criterion collection. <laughs> it should be, but it's not. Oh, uh, this would have a dope we were We were sitting there buying buying our mini Criterions. Yes. Um, and our mom was there, too. And she walked over to that to that little section in Barnes & Noble where they have like the really the, cheap like, $3 movies. Blu-rays. Yeah. And, and this was <laughs> sitting there and she saw tom cruise and she was like oh, what if we bought this that would be so silly wouldn't that be so silly because <laughs> we didn't know what it was and the cover on the blu-ray oh, we grabbed goodness. looks terrible okay the, the physical release this is i think this is like the 2011 blu-ray release of it yeah because um, it has two I different think it's cuts called, of like the, the movie. ultimate something yeah yeah I don't know. something like that but it has like the ugliest cover. it's so it looks so ugly but she buys it we buy our criterions uh i got chronos and uh scenes from a marriage i got all about eve and oakja i believe yeah yeah good stuff um, <laughs> and we're and when, when we look at it i'm like legend that looks legend. stupid and i look it up and it's like a ridley scott film ridley scott it's got tom cruise mia sarah What's up with tim that? curry like I was, I was like, "What's going on?" Uh, and then we watched it, and yeah, now we're here to talk about it. We just watched it. it again, like five seconds yeah, ago. Yeah, right. We just like just uh, finished the movie. We actually watched the director's cut because it came with the theatrical cut and the director's cut on this Blu-ray. Yes. So we just finished the director's cut. We've seen both cuts now, and we're. I, I'm very excited to talk about this yeah. film. Yeah. Let's go over what you need to know about the movie. All right, so Legend is a 1985 movie, rated PG. Ooh. The theatrical cut, uh, well, that's all this. All of this is information for the theatrical yeah, yeah. cut. Uh, is an hour and 34 minutes. Uh, its little IMDb description is a young man must stop the Lord of Darkness from destroying daylight and marrying the woman he loves. Yes. Uh, it was nominated for one Oscar. <laughs> Whoa, hey uh, Best makeup. Okay, good. A, a the makeup. Very well deserved. It's so good. <laughs> I wish I don't know what it lost <laughs> to, but kind of surprising. Uh, as I mentioned, the cast, we have Tom Cruise, Mia Sarah, Tim Curry, yes. David Bennett, yes. uh, Alice Platon, uh, Billy Barty, <laughs> Cork Hubbard, and others. Nice. <laughs> um, good ensemble. Directed by Ridley Scott. Written by William Hjortsberg. Nice. Sounds Swedish almost. I yeah, I don't know. I don't know where, where <laughs> don't, that name is from. Uh, and yeah, that's that's the information. That is what you need to know. <laughs> that is everything you need to know uh, about Legend. Don't ask any more <laughs> questions. Apparently, there are four different versions of Legend. Okay. There was the European release, uh, the I American <laughs> theatrical release, <laughs> the TV release. Ooh. And the director's cut. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's hear it for the director's cut. Uh, Ridley Scott's first cut was 150 minutes. Um, a spicy movie. His director's cut, by the way, is only 113. There's really not like too terribly much added mm -mm. from the theatrical to the directed. Yeah, it's like an extra like 20 minutes or so. Um, but still, a very very interesting. Yeah, um, I mean, I think I think any movie where that has like an actual definitive other version of it is always very interesting. Apparently, it had a different score originally too, and somehow somehow a lot of the footage and the original score for his cut got lost. Hmm. 
Well, I know um, it sounded like there was a different score under the director's cut than the Tangerine Dream one that's on the theatrical Yeah, so one. that might be that score. But yeah. apparently something happened with the director's cut, because even when we turned on the movie, it mentioned that it yeah, had almost had a, been lost. Yeah, I had a disclaimer about how it was almost destroyed and everything, and I'm like, dang. <laughs> so very glad it wasn't. Very glad it wasn't, man. <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's get into talking about it. Let's do it. So, so Rabbi... Yes. Rabbi. Yes. Rabbi. Yes. What are your thoughts <laughs> on Legend? Legend. The Ridley Scott the film. The Ridley Scott film. This is from my, 1985. This is my third Ridley Scott movie, I want to say. I want to say. Yeah. I think that's Yeah, right. I think that's your, it's your <clears throat> third Ridley Scott film. But yes, um... I don't know. What, what is there to say about Legend that is, hasn't already been said? Actually, not much has ever been <laughs> right. said about that. Right, like no one talks I've about never, this movie. And like the only other person I know who had seen this beforehand <laughs> gave it like a, a two and a half. And I'm like, dang. Yeah. Sad. Um, but yeah, Legend, it's um, it's an ode to classical storytelling uh, done by a director who it's really knows his stuff. To classical <laughs> you're, you're stealing what I said. <laughs> When we finished this. Oh, really? Yeah. When, oh. when we watched it the first time, I was like, it, it plays out as I like, mean, I, I can't really read it as, as like anything a perfect other homage that. to like classic storybook yeah. fairy tales. Yeah. I was about to say, and it pulls that off really, really well. Um, I, it got nominated for makeup and it deserved it. This movie looks amazing. Oh my gosh. The different the, fantasy the lighting, creatures and everything. Yeah. The insane. fantasy creatures, the costuming, the special effects look great even now. Dude, even like the one CGI <laughs> character that's in it. Right. Which there's only one that I can think of. I, I honestly couldn't tell you if good. there's another one. But yeah, no, it looks great. Uh, the Swamp Witch looks great. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, it, it looks amazing. Uh, I love the way the story plays out. I love the general kind of dreamy tone it takes on. I, I don't know. It's a, it's a magical movie. It's a magical movie. That I would not expect which, from the guy who directed The Martian. Right. <laughs> okay, it's really funny, too, because, like, you say, like, it's a magical movie. Yeah. Like, 90% of this movie, like, looks like there was, like, a team of people just off screen, like, blowing bubbles, throwing confetti and glitter at everything. The and, glitter squad Like that's for act, the movie. That, like, everybody is coated in glitter. There's Dude. an actual scene where, where the forest uh, fairy guy, Gump, is like threatening Tom Cruise's oh my life goodness. and like bubbles start coming into Dude, frame. There is there's snow blowing in the air. There are bubbles cascading everywhere and there's giant bits of glittery right? confetti like falling confetti everywhere. Confetti is like getting thrown on Tom Cruise <laughs> while his life is being threatened it's like and he has to onto he him. has to answer a riddle. <laughs> Of course, that's that's only in the director's cut. It's beautiful. I mean, but I, I think I think I'll get this right yeah, out, yeah. out of the way. Uh, the director's cut is better. Yes, I I would tend to agree. I think just about every change that they make in the director's cut, stuff they add, um, the way they present stuff, I think it's all better in the director's yeah, cut. Yeah, like much. I I can't think. There's like there's one thing that I that I there's, actively yeah. don't like more in the director's cut, which yeah. is the theatrical. But it's very rare very tiny little yeah, moments exactly. and on the whole I think the story works a lot better oh my goodness the story um, flows so much better in the and we just watched cut. the director's yeah. cut so keep in mind that we'll probably be like most of most of the things we'll we talk about will probably be about, about the, the director's, director's cut. cut which I I don't know I would view that as kind of the definitive cut of this movie yeah, I haven't I seen know. the European one but I imagine that this well, is well the European cut's shorter so I imagine yeah. just, Europe does a lot like a lot of times releases in Europe will cut down to get certain ratings yeah, because the rating yeah. systems always worked differently so i'm assuming they probably just cut some of like the violent stuff in it or something which if anything they needed to add more stuff you know <laughs> that's what i'm saying it's pg rapping pg we already have like torture and like beheadings and the like... torture the torture is pretty brutal man exactly but yeah um no yeah we'll mostly be discussing the director's cut um which if you do watch this movie i recommend that you watch yes the if you can cut. find the director's cut watch the director's cut yes um but no yeah as um, you're saying uh, what else is there to add um i mean it's it's great 
Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So, I, like, again, like, the one person I gave this two and a half, I wasn't expecting much going into it. Yeah, neither um, The theatrical cut really blew my mind. I kind of fell right? in love with so much of what it is. This is one of the most gorgeous movies I've ever seen. Oh, man, the sets, so The sets are insane. <laughs> and the director's cut just brings it to life more with a little bit better editing and everything. Yeah, holding they, on shots they linger more on everything. stuff more so you um, can see more of it. And adding different things and editing it in different <laughs> ways. And, like, it just, it just looks gorgeous. Like the first half of the film, or not really the first half, but the first act of the film, you have just these absolutely beautiful, (laughs) super thick forests and fields (laughs) and cottages. And it looks so lived in and like really genuinely like, you know, you want to be there. It looks so good. And then the second half of the film, it gets super grimy and Mm -hmm. dirty and gross and also super lived in. And, like, nothing looks fake about this, even though everything obviously isn't, like, you know, real. (laughs) Yeah. Wow, but, man, it's so good. And I I didn't even mention the, like, all the supporting characters and stuff in this are so much, like, they're so much fun. Right? Like, it plays perfectly into a lot of fantasy tropes in a way that delivers really, really fun side characters without, like... Without dipping into like annoying side characters. Yeah, without like dragging on. Which is too very much on easy them, to do. Or having like annoying side characters. Yeah. Like it's very it's very tight. All the all the side characters have like their one specific thing and they do it and they move on. <laughs> it's I don't know, man. It's a cool movie. Yeah, man. It's it's great. Um what did you what did you rate the theatrical and director's cuts uh, respectively? Back when I watched the theatrical I gave it a nine out of ten and uh just when we finished the director's cut I gave it a ten out of ten. I think it's uh, just about as perfect as it can be. Uh, I, I did the same. Because uh, <laughs> even though there are some things here and there that I didn't like, just like specifically like two or three cuts, <laughs> like literally just a cut. Mike is like, I don't like the timing of this cut in or the movie. like or like a scene or something like, <laughs> like 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 there's literally very little that I don't like. But like what this accomplishes is such a feat and it's so like gorgeous and really engaging to my personal sensibilities right? and taste in media. Um and like I don't know, it rocks. It's so much fun to be in. I would I would show this to my kids, you know. And you got like young squeaky Tom Cruise. <laughs> squeaky, what is it with young Tom Cruise? He always I I feel like they pitch up his voice in like, post Hi. or something because he sounds the exact same as he does now. It's just his voice is higher. Right? No, I mean people's voices <laughs> drop. It's just I guess dropped again when he was like twenty something. It's just so weird. I don't know. It, it always took me it took me way out of Top Gun. Dude, man. Top Gun, his voice is so high and squeaky. I was not expecting it's, it. It seems more fitting in this. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's get into let's get into the questions. All right. Uh, do you have any questions to kick us off? Um yeah. Not, if not I have a question. Sure. Uh what did you think of the general art direction? Because that can that can kind of make or break a lot of fantasy stuff. So I think I think this is actually a really unique. <laughs> And cool question to talk about because yeah. you're right. Fantasy, fantasy is very heavily like art direction in terms of visual, um, fantasy stuff. Like, well, because so much of it is based off of like real stuff. Yeah, but you have to make it feel magical. Um, and I really love the art direction they go with this. Yeah. Again, it feels very storybook. It feels very classical. Um, yeah. It reminds me a lot and various different elements of how I imagine like a good adaptation of uh, something like uh, Narnia would be. Yeah, or again, it's like something like Lord of the Rings, but a little bit earlier. It's not quite as clean I was about as say, Lord of the Rings. If this, if this was like, if if Lord of the Rings was made in the eighties, this is yeah. how it would have looked. Yeah, this is this is like I kid you not. There are so many things that feel very like, and it's that kind of fantasy in terms of yeah. like tapping into that very classic, very kind of grimy but very cool and like very, I guess rich. Yeah, designs of everything. I would describe everything. It as rich, everything yeah. is rich. Yep. Um, and I think that's like it's really unique. I was and about to say I love the creature. It allows in this again. Too. It allows them to go really yeah. over the top with with pretty much everything. <laughs> so you can have these cool creature designs. You can have uh, the Lord of Darkness's horns being like <laughs> three feet long, and it works because all all of your stuff is very over the top. Your yeah. little cottage is over the top, and there are birds eating like the seeds, <laughs> and like the light is shining at like two million degrees, and they have little wood carved things, and like it, yeah. like everything comes together so it allows it to really go above and beyond in its fantasy designs and elements i don't know i don't know how tim curry was able to walk around in that in the makeup he has on how was he able to breathe you're right 
My goodness, man. It's so thick, the makeup, <laughs> the prosthetics. If you would have told me that it like wasn't actually Tim Curry, I might have believed you. <laughs> no, if it wasn't for his voice, I would Yeah, I was like... about to say, if not for his voice. Like... <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's crazy. I, I just love the like general... All, all of the exaggerations that they choose to go with, they I think they work really well. And yeah. I love the way it looks. And I think it's interesting because when they first introduce you to a lot of the elements, when I was first watching it, unlike the theatrical version, I was mm-hmm. a little I was a little cautious. I yeah. wasn't fully feeling it. But like it definitely like as it goes on, it really gets you into it. And I think again the director's cut adding a little bit more here and there really I was about allows to say, that to work better. Letting you sit with the makeup and stuff a little longer in the director's cut really it works. It helps it a yeah, lot. Yeah, and like the voices and everything because yeah. like the goblins, the goblins like weird pitched up <laughs> distorted voices and even Tim Curry's voice has like a clear digital boom yeah. added to it. Yeah, it does. Um, and like, you know, it's very interesting things in like Tom Cruise flipping around everywhere. Dude, his like second thing he does as an introduced character is like front flip towards Mia Sarah. <laughs> One of the greatest moments in cinema history, Mike. Uh, which which actually reminds me of something again with this introduction. Mm-hmm. Um, in the director's cut, they have Mia Sarah singing. Yes. Why did they cut that? She oh sings goodness. like five times. There's it's so great. much. There's so much singing in the in the director's cut that's not there. Like it, there's no singing in the. Why theatrical. would they do that? It, they're so and and because so they good. had to cut around her singing some of the cuts towards the beginning especially don't oh, work yeah. as well no yeah in um, the theatrical cut it's it's very choppy and kind of weird but yeah but you get you get her singing she sings to tom cruise <laughs> she sings to unicorns it's true she's, it's good stuff she's out there doing the most, out there doing the most. <laughs> also i really don't remember and i could just be completely zoning out okay. and forgetting and the theatrical cut i feel like they didn't take like much i don't even remember them mentioning that she was like a princess no they mentioned they mentioned that she's a princess but like in like one line that's yeah it. it's really weird <laughs> she's like heavily a princess in the director's cut it's like a big thing yeah no in the first scene where she talks to um the one lady in the cottage she says you're a princess yeah like, see and the way she like the that. way she said it in the theatrical because this is what i was thinking i thought it was just kind of like, like a like a oh, oh you're, you're a princess, princess. Yeah. you know you're too you're too pretty to be here or something like that yeah yeah um not like she's actually she's an a actual princess, princess. <laughs> right uh, but no it was kind of kind of weird yeah um but man the opening and everything gets you really mm. like the first act in the director's cut especially is just really really crisp it's so good and it does a really good job of easing you into all of the elements it's such a it's such a beautiful little movie man right i gotta love it dude <laughs> and it, the lighting setup oh my goodness the lighting i don't even want to try and imagine what the lighting crew was going through on this movie <laughs> Uh, but I but I have a question. All right. Uh, what is what is your favorite scene or sequence? I, and, I, and I'll do this. I'll say director's cut and theatrical cut respectively. Okay. Because um, I have because I have different answers for the theatrical cut. Ugh, theatrical cut. <laughs> it's easily the um, like seduction of the princess and everything. That whole scene She's, with the dancing. And yeah. Out, yeah. That's such a good scene. That's so good. <laughs> that's I think that's easily the best scene in the theatrical one. Yeah. Um, even though it is edited quite like quite a bit differently than the director's one, but yeah. I think I think the choppiness of it actually works in the theatrical one. No, I was about to say, which is really interesting, because the theatrical cut, like that was that that was the one scene I was talking about that yeah. I think is the only thing I really dislike about you the think director's you prefer cut. The theatrical version. I, I prefer the theatrical cut of that scene a lot. I more like I like how because, choppy it is because the choppiness yeah. leans and and the score is a little bit feels, differently. Yeah, it feels more disorienting, um, and it and feels kind of disorienting. It feels a little bit more creepy, a little bit more yeah. horror esque. I think that's um, where Tangerine Dream's score for the movie shines is in the creepier moments because it's yeah. it's a very synthy, creepy kind of crawly score. So I absolutely loved that moment in the theatrical cut. Yeah. Um, whereas in the director, and I mean, it's still good. It's in still the good in the director's cut. cut yeah. But it's a lot more like it feels different. It feels like, more elegant. Yeah, I was about to say it's more elegant. It's more like ooh, less like ooh, <laughs> you know. And I think the I think for that scene specifically, I liked the more creepiness of it. That's fair. Um, for the director's cut, I would probably go with I don't know. Just <sighs> that's a tough one. I really like. Well, here let me, let me okay, say this okay. while you're while you're thinking about <laughs> okay. it. Um, I think what makes it a little bit more difficult for the director's cut in general, actually, is that, again, like I was saying when we were watching it earlier, 
it feels like it flows and goes so much faster yeah. than the other one. Like every scene is kind of just it's rolling into better. the next one. Yeah. Um, so that's again a good side of pacing. Um, but like it's editing and everything, it like it, it just very much goes and flows and rolls. So uh, especially with a quest movie like this, mm-hmm. there are very few like individual scenes. Yeah. That you can just be like, ah, this. Yeah, I was about to say, all of the segments that I'm thinking of are, like, really, really brief, but they're really good. <laughs> like, yeah, I love, the, so I love like, moments. the Swamp Witch and everything. Like, yeah. I love that scene. Dude, the director cut Swamp Witch. <laughs> we, we literally, we were literally scene. sitting there, we were sitting there, and we were like, you know what we need more of in the director's cut? Like, jokingly, I did not think they were going to have more. I was like, we need more Swamp Witch. It was great. And then, like, it's like a three-minute scene with the Swamp Witch where she's there for, like, five seconds. But I actually... I don't know. Maybe it was intuition for <laughs> filmmaking because that scene was very weirdly chopped. Oh yeah, in it's the weird. Theatrical cut. Yeah, it's weird. Um, I really love. I w- I want to pick like one of the unicorn scenes. Like I I think that's what I'll go with. I think I'll go with the unicorn. <laughs> I don't know. I will never, I, I will never unhear the line delivery from unicorn. Despicable Me of you oh don't gosh. get the unicorn. All right, I'll go with, I'll go with like the intro, like the opening sequence. Dude, is, is you're that, killing that me. You're killing me. You keep stealing everything. <laughs> I thought you were gonna pick something else. Up. I was gonna be like, I love the director's cut opening scene. The opening scene is so good. It really is Ugh. great. <laughs> Dang. And it um, doesn't fall off. How? No, it doesn't fall off. It keeps that standard. But, dude, <laughs> specifically, because I think that's my favorite shot use in the entire movie, is mm. when it holds on that, like, I mean, it's to space, but it's kind of like in this universe's version of hell, essentially. Because, yeah, yeah. again, it kind of imagines hell as, like, just darkness and yeah. emptiness. So space. But when it's holding on that shot of space... It's such a beautiful shot. And in this one, it has him like doing that monologue that he has, yeah. which actually is weirdly placed later. I think if I remember correctly in the theatrical cut, he says that monologue like actually later in the movie. Well, yeah, it goes it goes um, the opening crawl, uh, opening credits. We see the uh, goblin guy and then. Um, I think there's a sequence with Mia Sarah, and then we go to the yeah. But I'm saying that entire opening. Yeah, no, it's is what I was. It's very interesting. It. Yeah. Um, but I was saying like my favorite use of a shot in the entire movie is that shot <laughs> that it holds on because and good. while he does that monologue, it's such a cool introduction for his character. I was about to say, and actually setting that up, uh, which they don't do in the theatrical cut, it helps the ending make a lot more sense. Yeah, instead of him just randomly flying <laughs> like off just into space, randomly flying into space. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, but I, and I did notice too in this one, there's the final shot of the movie with the sunset um, parallels, like the framing. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they did this. Like the framing <laughs> in the, of of the little space thing is like carved in stone yeah. of this like little like almost mushrooms type shape. Mm-hmm. Um, and somehow they got the plants to frame the sun like that <laughs> for the final shot. That's good stuff, man. <laughs> Um, but no, yeah, I love the opening and the director's cut so much. Like the Mia yeah. Sara stuff with her singing through the field. <laughs> dude, that opening shot of like the sun shining oh through the plants. Oh my goodness, dude. Um, <laughs> Overwhelming. It's good stuff. Insanely good. It's probably the best the movie looks, but yeah, it doesn't really drop off below that right? at any point. Oh man. Man, the shot of the uh, blossoming tree with the unicorn running in. <laughs> that's a good shot dude this movie it's it still is so funny that i love this movie because like it's it it really is like it's a movie all about like magical unicorns preserving the light and like there's so much glitter there's so, so much, much glitter <laughs> the, mia sarah i think she, probably drowned in glitter she cries <laughs> she cries glitter she is crying tears of glitter tom cruise sweats glitter <laughs> Like anytime there's any liquid on them, like the the costume and makeup people were like throw some glitter on. Time them. for glitter. <laughs> and even then, like, and I think there's honestly, I think I maybe I just noticed it more, but it uh-huh. looked like there was more glitter not on them, but like on certain stuff in the director's. Yeah, cut. there was. Like, there's just so much glitter. They go into like the armory treasure room, and just like everything is so, coated it's in coated, glitter. Man. <laughs> Uh, that's good production that's amazing (laughs) do you have another question though 
Um, yeah, sure. Uh, what did you think of the general ensemble? Because with quest fantasy stories, the ensemble can kind of make or break a lot of the plot beats. Yeah, I, I really like the ensemble. Yeah, here. I really, I really like even even beyond like like we said, the ensemble works really well, and the side characters never do like too much or too mm -hmm. little. But I really love their specific use in terms of storytelling in this. Yeah. Um, because again, it does that very kind of storybook classical type thing um, in which it kind of uses its side characters more as just like, um, I, don't, I don't even know how to how to describe <laughs> it, kind of like just plot beats almost. Yeah. And then kind of like it uses them in such a way. Man, how to it feels it feels this. very distinct to their character. Like yeah. they're not they're not there very long, but they the stuff that they have them do in the story yeah. feels very like purposeful. Yeah, it's not about like their characters like doing like arcing or doing any specific <laughs> yeah. like thing with the protagonist or anything like that. But it's kind of that thing where like you come across this character and that character then like does their thing to <laughs> yeah. like the fullest. Exactly. And also pushes along the plot. And it uses like all of its side characters for that perfectly. Yeah. Which is a very like fantasy esque trope. <laughs> yeah. But it pulls this off here better than most movies, like fantasy movies <laughs> right? I've ever seen. Yeah, I was about to say this is this is honestly like if you're just judging it as a genre film, like a fantasy film, I think this is honestly one of the best fantasy films I've ever seen. Because honestly, and like something that holds in my mind, which Lord of the Rings takes itself a little bit more seriously, obviously. Yeah. It which does. it needs to. Yeah. Um. But I think honestly, one of my biggest complaints about Lord of the Rings as as standalone movies is that they rely a little bit too much on like background lore for every single character. Like yeah. every side character feels That's, like you like you have a book yeah. behind them, and like. <laughs> And, that's good to an extent, and that and that's that's very much yeah. Tolkien's style writing. Yeah, like it is. like even more so in the books. That's just how he <laughs> writes characters and stories, and that's great, and it works really well. But take like the extended cut of Fellowship of the Ring, which I watched. <laughs> the stuff that's added in there movie. just feels more like like superfluous where like stuff like this doesn't mm -hmm. feel like it would even have that kind of thing right where it's where this just feels like it's so much exposition and so much lore with every character that it's almost draining in some ways again i love lord of the rings gave them like all of those but two towers five stars love the books love the movies love them so much don't get me wrong here but one of the things that i think makes it so exhausting to people who are not into fantasy is the fact that it requires so much draining amount of like i guess just just thought into the world i was about to say if not for frodo being there in the like fellowship of the ring i would be like drowning in fantasy mythos and not <laughs> not having a good time um and this and this takes kind of the opposite approach yeah. to doing fantasy and instead playing into just tropes and letting characters be their specific trope and pretty much nothing more yeah they're they're always having fun with it though yeah to to good. a really good yeah aspect. exactly um, which again is why I say more storybook than even like classical, like thick. Because again, Tolkien, Tolkien wrote thick, long, <laughs> deep lore. He had he had an entire book of background lore oh that goodness. he thought of that he then released, and then he did it again and again. Like there are like five background lore books about Lord of the Rings because Tolkien is a madman. I, I love I him. I don't understand. Love him, but he's a madman. <laughs> it couldn't be me. I, I'll stick. I'll stick to my storybook fantasies, you know, with so, unicorns. <laughs> which again is kind of, uh, which is why I mentioned Narnia specifically because yeah. C.S. Lewis is very much that way of writing of more just fantasy trope symbolism. Yeah, a lot of very light, but like, oh, this thing alludes to this. Thing. I was about to say uh, light, light, but you're using symbolism and writing tropes and stuff from the past to inform the audience about how different characters are you know yeah which is why again i think narnia is a lot more accessible than lord of the rings to modern audiences i read like half of the narnia series <laughs> i have not even started the lord of the rings series. love utopian i love lord of the rings so much the hobbit was draining for me and that's even that's even like a baby version right that was that he wrote that for his kids man that's baby lord of the that's rings baby. and i was suffocating <laughs> which no if you're not into fantasy that can happen with yeah. like Tolkien's writing he can it can even it can be very suffocating and I think 
a lot of the character writing in this movie yeah. plays into like the opposite way to approach fantasy. And I think that that really works well for a movie. Yeah, absolutely. Let's keep uh, the this watching this movie really reminded me that I need to uh, finally sit down and watch The Green Knight one of these days. <laughs> right. The fact that that's the closest thing oh, we have man. nowadays. I've, I've been like inches <laughs> away from buying it like three times. Oh, man. I, I, we, sh- we should get it sometime. <laughs> um, but no. Yeah. I again. And I, I think this is interesting. Again, it's not. I know we're like a little bit off topic from the movie, but not yeah, really. Not really. Um, but I think that style of fantasy writing versus something more like lore filled Mm -hmm. which is again why the lord of the rings movies are a miracle that they're as good (laughs) as they are i don't understand how they got made (laughs) they're they're an absolute miracle um but i think that style is actually interesting because the use of a lot of heavy symbolism and stuff and tropes and fantasy kind of plays to the cinematic language really well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, which is one of the reasons I think this works so well with a director and a cinematographer who really know what they're doing. <laughs> right. Um, which is insane because this was like, this was Ridley Scott's, <laughs> I think, third film. I believe so, yeah. He did The Duelist, <laughs> Alien, Legend, no. Oh, it was is his it fourth? Because okay. he did Blade oh, so Runner. The Duelist was his first. He did Blade Runner, then Legend. Okay. But like that four run, <laughs> that four film run. What was he on? Blade Runner and Alien. That's crazy, man. That that's an insane. Ridley run. Scott. So I need to see more of his films. Ridley Scott knows what he's doing. Apparently. <laughs> um, and it it plays into the like the, the just the knowledge of filmmaking. Yeah. Uh, the, the understanding of the basics of filmmaking play yeah. really well into this movie. Man, there's there's just, I don't know, there's so many, it, it's kind of like Raiders of the Lost Ark in my mind. It's like the Raiders of the Lost Ark, but for fantasy movies. Because <laughs> all of the plot beats just work so well, all of the character beats just work so well, and it feels very much like... Uh, Distillation, distillation, distillation. I don't know. I don't know what the word. I don't know for what that the would word be. would that be. I feel like it. It encompasses a heavily distilled. Yeah, a heavily distilled version of all of the tropes and fun stuff about their genres. You know. Yeah, and it and it comes off at a, at a like and it works in a specific time yeah. when the film was made that it really feels like it cap like it was capturing like kind of lightning in a bottle almost yeah, exactly. for both of those movies. Um, which is again insane. That I've never heard anybody talking. about I never this. hear anyone talking about Legend. The it's only so good. the only person I've ever like, like <laughs> my boss. I actually talked to my boss Wait, about really? about Legend. Oh Apparently, she used to love Legend when it came out. Good. Um, which is funny to me. That's a great um, movie, man. And another one of my internet friends knew knew vaguely about it because Tom Cruise was in it and Tim Curry's yeah. uh, design was pretty well known. Yeah, I was about to say that's if you mention legend odds are the only thing people will know about it is the Tim Curry uh, Lord of Darkness design. Which fair enough, it's amazing. It's a, yeah, it's great. And again, uh, it, it was nominated for the Oscar for makeup. So. Yeah, rightfully so. <laughs> um but wow. Yeah. yeah. No, it's uh, if anything, we we have sung the praises of this movie, and I believe it's now well it's deserved. time. Now it's time to sing the criticism. I have. I I really honestly don't really have any criticisms of this movie. Yeah, is I that have, weird? I have like some criticisms <laughs> of the theatrical cut, but even well, then, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't that cut. much. It was ma- mostly stuff that was again solved by the director. That's cut. what I was. Weird that's what cuts, I mentioned. Yeah, it's not all of the stuff that I didn't like about the theatrical cut, which is um, odd editing decisions in certain scenes weird pacing yeah for the weird story. pacing for some of the story beats it's all like fixed in the director's cut i think it's honestly kind of a perfect movie <laughs> no i mean again we gave it we gave it five and it's it's interesting yeah. because like this isn't a movie i would have ever thought to be giving five stars going into it and I, again, I laughed out loud when i saw this blu-ray when my, when our mom picked i, lo- I love i love fantasy fantasy is one of my favorite things i love really like engrossing and rich production design that's one of my favorite things in movies in general yeah um so like that's playing to my taste but even then like just just looking at this movie and like having watched the movie i would be like yeah well you know whatever <laughs> whatever but, like man. it's so good <laughs> right <laughs> goodness i i don't know it's very it feels very rare to find a, like an old fantasy movie that doesn't suck on some level yeah like usually, and this is from my very limited experience of old fantasy movies, 
usually they have really horrible pacing yeah my biggest <laughs> my biggest two comparisons i can think of to this and again we haven't watched that many from this time yeah uh would be the never-ending story mm-hmm. and return to oz those are like the twoest uh, twoest two most similar <laughs> like remind me yeah yeah return to movie. oz has a similar vibe to this um and again, both of those have really rich production design, mm-hmm. very nice makeup. Never-ending story looks amazing. Um, <laughs> but like, never actually, ending... never-ending story is very similar to this in a well, lot of ways. Well, that's why the like, yeah. never-ending story and uh, Return to Oz are both very like similar kinds of fantasy. Yeah. Um, yeah. kind of vaguely dark, very storybook esque, playing yeah. to fantasy tropes in a really rich environment. Yeah. Um, but I think again, where both of those movies kind of lose me is a lot of, again, the pacing, the structure, Mm -hmm. certain filmmaking choices, the writing. Whereas this, like, the writing is so uh, pretty much bare bones. I mean, there's not... Yeah, there's there's not not much much that happens in this movie. (laughs) You know, like, unicorn horn taken, Jack go. Yeah, right? He encounters various creatures. Lily taken, Jack go. (laughs) Right, yeah. He band together with various creature. He fight various creature. They make it... (laughs) big finale light yeah fight like that's it <laughs> that, that's, that's, that's all that happens <laughs> that's the whole movie <laughs> <laughs> um but i think that really works for and like allows it to be so much more engaging of a story and so much more emotionally resonant that's something um like never-ending story or return to oz which honestly are both kind of convoluted weird stories <laughs> yeah they are <laughs> both um, both are like um they both use like framing devices and frame their fantasy stories as like non yeah. real like yeah. it's all a dream or whatever yeah. Or, yeah it's a meta narrative yeah both the fantasy stories are used as meta narratives which i mean They're, whatever it's cool it's yeah. cool but not even that but like i don't know never ending story didn't fully work for me in a lot of its no, a yeah. lot of its plot beats and stuff <laughs> Uh, weird I movie. did not care that the horse was dying. <laughs> Dang. I, I was straight up, I was like, move on. This scene is so long. I'm so annoyed at this kid just screaming as this horse sinks. Wow. Mikey, you just killed like half of the millennials' dreams. I, I don't, I don't, I don't get it, you know? Like, who cares? That's fine. Get a different horse. <laughs> the dragon, though. The dragon? The dragon's Very fun. good. <laughs> Um, but yeah, legend. Um, great movie. I love love the movie. Got yeah, I mean, like again, because everything about this is so bare bones, it's mm-hmm. kind of hard to talk about everything because everything that comes down to being really good in this movie is very like tiny, very yeah. small details, but on a massive, rich scale. And that's that's what makes the director's cut so much better in my eyes. Is all all of the small flavors and touches in the filmmaking and production design come through so much better in in like the frozen baby (laughs) the frozen oh my goodness dude that's it's so morbid like (laughs) it just comes out of nowhere man no it's i still think it's funny that like pg 80s fantasy movies do stuff like this because like there's there's some stuff like i wouldn't show certain i wouldn't show this this to like certain kids i wouldn't show this to some teenagers man it gets it's it's pretty intense at certain start at certain parts yeah um Dude, I do want to talk about the scene. Okay. Um, again, it's so minor, but, like, so many of these things are, like, tiny little, like, things that make it so much fun and so enjoyable yeah. to watch. Yeah. Uh, but it's a scene that was added from the director's cut uh, uh, with when they're in, like, the little prison after the trap has been, sprung, like, sprung and everything mm-hmm. and they fall in. And, like, the scene of the one, like, prison torturer guy, like, coming forward <laughs> through everything and, like, pulling out the one guy. That's not in the theatrical. That scene is so good. It's well, it, so amazing. It is there. It's just chopped down, if you yeah. remember. That shot is there. It's yeah, just a but, lot shorter. And the score isn't as, <laughs> yeah, like, like, I don't know. No, it's, it definitely is a lot more menacing and, and it's, much better. It's in such the... a cool moment in the film. <laughs> and there are so, there's so many things like that. There are so many just, like absolutely cool moments yeah. for the characters and everything funny bits cool bits like dude the wine the, thing it's when so his, funny when he gets shot in the head <laughs> dude i at first you're like oh my gosh oh my he just gosh. got shot in the head on screen he was a fun little dude who was pan like like deflecting arrows with a pan <laughs> that's sick and that he just dies right. and then like it turns out he didn't die he just <laughs> 
went through his little wine oh bottle. Oh my gosh. It's amazing. And I love that. I love that it like does silly little things like Tom Cruise fighting like a Dark Souls character with no armor on. Like he's just flipping and spinning around oh everywhere. It's just, it's so cool. There, it's so much fun. There's so many, there's so many good choices here. We haven't even we haven't even talked about the Mia Sara goth transformation. Mia Sara goth <laughs> transformation. That dance that dance scene we were it's talking so about good. earlier. It ends with her like on screen, like 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 cool little costume cut change to her being like full like goth queen. It's so funny. I it's whoever amazing. whoever wrote this movie. We we mentioned who wrote this movie, but it should, props to them, dude. And the costume and the makeup and her hair and everything. She's so good in this. That's man. so cool. I why did sorry, they cut out her singing? Sorry, sorry, Sloan from Ferris Bueller. This is the superior Mia Sarah. I honestly don't understand. Like, she feels like such a one-dimensional character in the theatrical yeah. cut, and she she feels so much more alive and much richer in the director's Somehow cut. just, like, adding, like, a couple shots here and there. They they hold on her reactions moments. so yeah. much longer in this. And, like, giving her, like, her singing connection with <sighs> Jack and everything. It's so good. Like, like I think the relationship between Jack and Lily works so much, like, works so much better in oh, the director's yeah. cut in general. Like, take even the unicorn scene again mm-hmm. when she's going forward and he's like trying like he's like no like that scene works really well it's so good whereas in the theatrical cut i was like that's kind of weird that she's just like <laughs> just kind of walking she's, up she's going up and he's like uh he's like no 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 <laughs> stop don't do it whereas like it works it works really well with yeah. their characters that get a little bit more time and again you see and understand uh lily a lot more as a character at that point exactly um yeah no it's 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 so cool so good I mentioned I mentioned in my initial review that the, all the best elements were Mia Sarah and the glitter. <laughs> Mia Sarah and the glitter. That the, what, what more? Can what you more say? can you ask for, really? In Tom a movie? Cruise is hilarious in this. Though. Tom Cruise is really funny. He's act, he's actually killing the game. I still have yet to come across a Tom Cruise performance that I don't like. His haircut, though, man, <laughs> it's a big mistake. <laughs> um, Gump is a really fun character. Gump is I wanted to fun, mention yeah. Gump. I think I think he's a really like he's a standout of the side characters. Yeah, absolutely. And the like the theatrical cut <laughs> cut his little his little nature they timer. Cut, they cut so much of Gump's character in right? the in the theatrical. So they don't like, give him his little instrument. Right. He goes. He doesn't he goes, have his little He goes clock. full. He goes full D bard on Tom Cruise <laughs> and threatens him because he's going to use a vi- like a violin to play magic at him. That's so cool. That's a fantasy trope that gets hardly ever. T- in movies like right? you never see people like playing music as weapons or like spells and movies and that's so good because that's like the coolest thing in the world he also has a little nature clock that runs <laughs> off of like hummingbird wing beats and badger tails and stuff like it's so cool flicks of a badger these <laughs> three flicks of a badger's tail and we would have moved on <laughs> yeah Man, just all of the side characters are such a joy to watch. And they're all so much fun. I love it. I love this movie. Go watch this movie. Go watch the director's cut of right? this movie. Right? Like, uh, <laughs> uh, we, could, we could talk about, like, the minutiae details and, like, break down everything for forever. Like, if we pulled up the movie and just, like, went through it frame <laughs> you can, by you frame. You could go shot by shot, just boom. Which, There's... by the way, on the on the Blu-ray copy we have, this Blu-ray copy may look ugly, but it's super sick. Yeah, the it cover has... sucks, but it's a great release. It has, um, <laughs> it has a music, like, a score-only version of mm-hmm. the movie, too, which yep. would be so sick for this. Because they knew. I want to watch the commentary sometime. They knew <laughs> that it, the, the cinematography is so good and the visual storytelling <laughs> is so good that you you could you could just do that. It would be awesome, <laughs> right? But yeah, no, it's yeah, go watch the movie. Is go what watch we're the movie. We, yes. we both gave it a ten. Um, if you the like director's Rid- cut a ten. Yeah, if you like Ridley Scott, I mean, I think the theatrical cut is still great. No, I give the theatrical cut a four and a half. <laughs> yeah. It's great. But if you can get director's your hands on cut, the is, cut yeah. is even better. Yeah. Is, is all I'm saying. But yeah, go watch the movie. Uh it's great. I love it. <laughs> yeah, like literally it's the, it's the literally <laughs> I have I have pretty much not really any big criticisms of the movie. Right. Every scene is so fun from like the finale to like the opener. It's such a it's such a rich and beautiful little movie. I love it. It never takes itself too seriously to nope. where it can have light, funny moments. <laughs> 
Um, and it can also be dark and cool. And that's a, that's a thing that fantasy really plays to in a way that a lot of things don't. It can be really engaging and fun yeah. and comforting to be in while also having some really, really cool dark moments. Yeah. Fantasy is cool. <laughs> fantasy is cool. Maybe this and Dark Crystal are slowly turning me on to fantasy. <laughs> becoming a, be slowly becoming a fantasy guy. Fantasy is great, Reppy. It's <laughs> it's it's such a cool like collection of tropes and ideas that play into such a unique and fun storytelling. I still when like done sci-fi. correctly. I still like sci-fi better. I'm sorry. <laughs> it, it shall always be. Unfortunately, I'm just I'm a sucker for like a robot. You know, cool cool little robot guy. Uh, but yeah, I don't. Do you have any other? Do you have any questions? No, comments, I, I mean concerns? that's that's pretty much everything I wanted to mention about it. I I think it's a a beautiful little slice of filmmaking, and I yeah. I, I can't recommend it enough. Yeah, it's like great. It, it feels so weird coming from like Ridley Scott's career, <laughs> Ridley but like Scott. like and just having not heard much about it, not right. heard anybody talking about it, but like it's just like it's it is great. a it is a, a really fantastic. fun, not too long, like just like a nice cool great piece of filmmaking yeah that it, that i'm very happy to have watched and like be able to watch like again and again and yeah. I'll, I'll guarantee i'll i need watch to find this blu-ray <laughs> i guarantee i'll watch this for like you know the rest of my life right yeah no it's great but yeah um now that we've uh discussed legend let's get into the other stuff we watched over the past week before we get into this i just wanted to shout out because i think this is a really cool <laughs> statement uh, one of the top reviews for it on Letterboxd, which again, a lot of the top reviews are, legend, yeah. are extremely positive. Um, yeah. But this one said, uh, a friend recently said that this will probably be the best Legend of Zelda movie we'll ever get, and I'm inclined to do, to agree. Right. And like, that's so true. Like it, <laughs> So true. Um, no, no, like if you yeah, think no, about I it, know. like so many of the tropes, because yeah. again, fantasy tropes are very similar, <laughs> but like, dude, Lord of Darkness, very similar kind of character to Ganon. Yeah. Uh, why did I just lose his name? Main character, uh, Jack. Jack, yes. Jack is such a such a light character because again, it uses these characters as such like storytelling foils so much, and like uses their tropes and everything that he and he's such a light like kind of put yourself in his shoes kind of protagonist. Yeah, like Link always is right. in the Legend of Zelda <laughs> stuff. There's a princess. It's. it's <laughs> I'm telling you. It's good stuff. There's goblins, goblins. swamps, unicorns, side Are there characters. Are there unicorns in Legend of Zelda? I don't remember I don't any so. unicorns, but still, like, it's very Legend of Zelda-y. Um, <laughs> I, need, I need a Wind Waker film or miniseries, one of the two. <laughs> Animated, it would of be, course. It would probably be terrible. Oh, it would, it would probably what, be bad. But, but yes, uh, <laughs> that's just a cool thought. Yes. Uh, but the What We Watched segment, for, for, for those of you who do not know... A little segment we do on the end where, again, like Robbie said, we talk about all of the movies the outside, stuff we of, watched. outside of that that we've watched since our last episode. Yes. Just briefly, not too much in depth, uh, but we were starting from the 11th, correct? Yeah, our last episode was released on the 10th, I believe. I don't remember, but uh, we didn't we didn't talk about stuff on the 11th, so yeah, <laughs> 11th onward. <laughs> all right, so starting off the 11th, we watched uh, Invader Zim Enter the Florpus. Heck yeah, man. Um, I, <laughs> I had heard good. I had good. I had heard good things about yeah, it. Yeah. Um, I've never watched any Invader Zim stuff. I've never seen. The Neither show. have I. I've never seen anything um, from it before. But this was this was really like. I mean, it wasn't surprisingly good because again, I had heard really great yeah. things about it. But it was really good. It was really fun. It's so funny. Um, it's, <laughs> For what? it's so funny. The animation <laughs> is so good. It's one of those like really short, concise, really like punchy animated movies that like automatically can't help but love yeah and this kind of has that um simpsons-y kind of quality of just throwing a joke out every couple seconds right the the joke (laughs) count is so high and it's in like you know some of them don't always land but so much because of the joke count being so high it works really well yeah um I don't know. It's it's uh, it's a it's a fun little slice of just animated comedy. I, I gotta love it. This has what Teen Titans Go wants. <laughs> yeah, honestly. But I mean, I, I do. I do, I would agree that it's very similar in vibe to Teen Titans Go. Yeah, to the movie. It's that style of comedy done uh, with a bit more finesse, I think, and a yeah. bit more creativity too. 
Um, I love the animation and everything. Oh, the animation is so, so gorgeous. <laughs> I gave it a four and a half out of five. I also gave it a four and a half out of five. Then we watched Legend, Legend. for the first time. Theatrical cut, Theatrical baby. cut, four and a half out of five. We yeah. just talked about it. Yeah. Then on the 12th, we watched A Master Builder. Master Builder. Uh, Jonathan Dem. That was a weird uh, movie. <laughs> Wallace Shawn. <laughs> Andre uh, Gregory. It's a weird movie. In the Criterion Collection. Yeah, Criterion, baby. It's a play. It's... Um, <laughs> put put on filming. It's very weird. It's so weird. So many of the creative choices are weird. I feel like I could talk about it for a long time because it's just like a bafflingly weird movie. Um, it is engaging. Though, it is very... I like, say. I really... I enjoyed it a lot. Um, but it's so weird. I, so many of the filmmaking choices <laughs> and ideas and the fact that it's a film at all when it's very clearly supposed to be a stage yeah. play. I think um, it would, I think I, as much as I do like the film version of it, I think it would work a lot better on the dude, stage. There are just so, definitively. There are so many moments that are really funny where like a character will walk just out of the room and another character will walk in and they'll start talking super loudly just like about the person light. who just walked out because it's in a, classic stage fashion. Because it's a yeah. stage play. <laughs> Um, I will say I wanted to shout out how inventive the cinematography is for this and I think it works really well yeah, it's it one makes, of my favorite it elements. makes me really sad especially being that it's one of the top reviews for the movie mm-hmm. uh, talking about the fact that it's all shot in handheld close-ups on a really bad camera <laughs> but it's not uh, but it's not you just didn't make it past like the first 15 minutes I was of about to say once you get past like the first 15 minutes it moves to a really elegant uh, spatially aware like it changes aspect ratio, right? It changes aspect ratios. It looks beautiful once it does. It looks it does. great, yeah. Uh, it, it, and it's a very interesting creative choice, but it makes me really sad that that's one of the top reviews because I feel like this person and a lot of other people just watched the very beginning and were like, wow. This sucks. This sucks because, I mean, it kind of does in the very it beginning. It does. No, it does it suck. Looks, it looks bad. <laughs> it looks very uh, Everybody off-putting. is acting like they're on stage, like they're doing stage performances oh, that are man. way too over the top for film. Again, I don't know what what the creative choices were, but once it switches to like the aspect ratio and it switches to kind of like the weird stuff that goes on, the performances get a heck of a lot better. I will say I still don't like Wallace Shawn's performance in this movie. I think he's I, I think he's screaming way too many of his lines here. Again, stage acting. Yeah, I, like I said, needs to be a stage play. But for what it is, it's good. I liked it. I gave it a three and a half. I also gave it a three and a half. Uh, then we watched up next the Haunted Palace. Haunted Palace. Sixty three horror movie. Roger Corman. Roger Corman. I believe this was my second film of his. I had previously seen a. Uh, bucket of blood which was terrible film which was good terrible it, film it had solid direction and everything i didn't like a lot of the, the screenplay I choices hate, i hate everything. the screenplay <laughs> um but the haunted palace very uh, very good very cool yeah very um, cool movie. i really love what it's doing i kind of wish we would have seen it in black and white i don't think color really benefited this movie because no. it was colored afterwards um yeah no it was colored in post um, but I I wasn't going to go through, since we were watching it with someone else, I wasn't going to go through the trouble of yeah. like, hey, switch it to black and white. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but yeah, Haunted Palace. It's uh, Lovecraft and uh, Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah, I would, together. Love, <laughs> I, I would love more stuff like that. I wish it, I wish it leaned more Lovecraftian. I like how Lovecraftian it is. It could you think it could have gone more Lovecraftian? I think it, I, listen, so I have, I have this thing with H.P. Lovecraft stuff. He was a terrible guy. Oh, terrible! Person. I hate I hate that he grew up in such a racist way. Yeah. Um, like literally, such such vitriolic racism from mm-hmm. him. It it makes me so sad. No, he was a very hateful person um, because his 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 lore and his storytelling that he crafted in his books yeah are insanely up my alley. Oh, I love great. his yeah. style of gothic cosmic horror. He pulls it <laughs> off like Stephen King could never. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> um, which is why I'm actually really interested in watching, um, what was that called? Color Out of Space? No, um, it was recent. It was like Lovecraft Country or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The HBO. Of, where a bunch of uh, black filmmakers worked with yeah, his stories, yeah. um, which is cool. More, yeah, that was an HBO that. show, yeah. More of that. <laughs> just because I would, like, his his work is really good. His it's work is so cool, yeah. imbued with a lot of hate, mm-hmm. um, which makes me sad. But yeah, Haunted Palace, cool direction, cool atmosphere, cool monster. 
Um, and I love Vincent Price in this movie. He's great. Yeah, it was it was a fun movie. Yeah, I fun, gave it a, fun little horror romp. I liked it. I give it a three and a half. The monster reveal at the end is the coolest thing it's to ever so happen cool. in the '60s movie. Oh my gosh, <laughs> the monster is so cool in this. Uh, I gave it I gave it a four out of five. Uh, on the thirteenth, uh, I watched uh, Scooby Doo: The Mystery Begins. Uh, nice. The first of the other 2000s live action Scooby-Doo movies, <laughs> the, the ones from Nickelodeon Oof. Um, with, with Robbie Amell. Um, weird, weird <laughs> stuff. The Scooby-Doo model is surprisingly like works really well. Nice. He was actually really fun and it works well <laughs> with the visual comedy. There you go. And Shaggy can be pretty fun sometimes when he isn't breaking out of his voice that he's doing for Shaggy. <laughs> Uh, but it overall is just not very good, and the cast n- never really does it. it. It feels like a cast is like cosplaying Scooby Doo characters. Ah, feels more like a fan film kind of it thing. It does. It really does. Darn. Uh, I gave it a two, but I did give it a like because it has a lot of fun things going for it. There you go. Also on the 13th, I watched Scooby Doo Curse of the Lake Monster. <laughs> How many Scooby Doo movies did you <laughs> A lot. The sequel to this, which was worse in almost every conceivable way, Dang. including the fact that Scooby Doo is in it for like five seconds. What? He is hardly in the movie He's at not... all. Oh my god. The entire, it's literally called Scooby Doo. The entire plot <laughs> revolves around a bunch of annoying relationship drama between the four of them. Ugh. Um, and then its conclusion to all of that relationship drama is the stupidest thing in the world. Uh, I still gave it a two because it's not like active. It's not a cinematic disaster. Yeah, but it's not good. Yeah. Also on the 13th, oh I watched Scooby Doo <laughs> Kiss or and Kiss Rock and Roll Mystery. Rock and Roll Mystery. Was there a um, rock and roll mystery? Weirdest freaking movie I've ever seen. <laughs> 90% of it is a hallucination, actually. <laughs> actually, canonically. Uh, weirdest crossover ever. Was not the biggest fan. I don't think it worked very well on a structural level. <laughs> I gave it a two and a half. Nice. Also on the 13th, oh my I watched Scooby-Doo <laughs> WrestleMania Mystery. Uh, John Cena worked surprisingly well. It was really fun. Not the greatest, but like everything about it that made it a Scooby-Doo movie was there. All of the elements worked. The characters were all fun. The mystery was good. And John Cena even though he was more plot relevant than I thought he would be, is fun. <laughs> like Bobby Flay being way like more Bobby Flay. I gave What's it going on? I gave it three stars. Pretty good. That was the thirteenth. On my my thirteenth was uh. a bit different. <laughs> I watched uh, for the very first time the French Dispatch. Hey yo, a new Wes Anderson feature as of twenty twenty one. Anyway, it was new. Um, very very good um i'm a big i mean i i've always liked wes anderson uh i didn't wasn't wasn't so much a fan of moonrise kingdom but it's it's still good he's still he's still a very talented off the stage (laughs) um so i was excited for the french dispatch uh yossi friend of the podcast uh he was on our uh multiverse of madness episode and our princess bride episode if you want to go check those out um, he loves this movie. He kept trying to get me to watch it, and now I finally seems have. Like, seems like a very OC movie. <laughs> yeah, very, very much a OC movie. Um, and I think it might be my new favorite Wes Anderson movie. He, like this is him at his technical best. I think that I've seen him. I love Fantastic Mr. Fox. Like that's the only thing that would measure yeah, see, up the, against the this. The biggest criticism I heard for it actually was that it was so like focused on being technically perfect and Wes Anderson-y that its story suffered. I don't know, man. I I think the anthology works really, really well, and it all centers... uh, It's all like a memoir for the publisher of a newspaper, which, I I mean, if you know the premise of The French Dispatch, I I don't know. I think it's a beautiful movie. I think it's a technically fantastic movie. I love the ensemble. I love all of the creative choices that they took with the production design. All it, Micah, they use sets in this movie. They use so many physical sets, sets and it made amazing. me so happy because <laughs> like walls were wheeling around everywhere. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> no, it, it's just a great movie to be in, and I can't wait to see it again and again. It's fantastic. I loved it. Uh, five out of five. <laughs> uh, and then on the 14th, I watched Ready or Not for the very first time. Shout out to my local uh, library. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, Ready or Not, I don't know uh, how popular this movie was. If you've heard of it, it's a 2019... I remember seeing a ton of ads for it. Yeah, it's a 2019 like horror comedy kind of thing. Um, Almost in the vein of Knives Out. Uh, I know a lot of people have compared it to Knives Out, and I think that's a good comparison. It's obviously a lot more horror than Knives Out is. 
Um, but it was good. It was fun. Uh, Samara Weaving does like a tropical bird scream in this movie. <laughs> and it is fantastic. Um, I wish its character writing was a bit more concrete. Uh, that's honestly the biggest thing holding this back from being like 10 of 10 masterpiece, one of my favorite movies kind yeah. of thing. Uh, but it's really fun. Uh, Samara Weaving is really fun in it. I love the direction it goes with its uh, like kind of demonic premise. It's really fun. I, I loved it. Good time. <laughs> I, I gave it a four out of five. On the 15th, 15th. we watched The Post. The Post. A rewatch for me. First watch My for Robbie. First time. Another, okay. another Yossi down, really getting on Robbie Yo for not watching this. Yossi's like, you gotta watch more movies. He actually, he recommended me another movie this past I, week. I logged this like slightly before uh, Robbie did and he was like immediately like, and where was Robbie where was while Robbie you were where? watching this? Also, again, shout out to my local library for having this, letting me check it out. Good <laughs> letting you with it they're like Allowing oh you me. you can't check this out <laughs> only certain people are allowed to i mean the post the post is a worthy dvd if you were to gatekeep a dvd the post is really is a really cool movie it's it's really That's fun so cool, modern man. spielberg um i think it works really really well all the performances are great yeah the pacing is great oh the stakes goodness. are great Dude, the blocking and cinematography alone are enough to get me to love this the cast movie. is outstandingly wild the cast is wild. so good Again, another kind of similar to the French Dispatch, a very technically uh, intricate movie, which I did not expect. I gave it a four and a half. Shout out to movies that Yossi recommends about uh, newspapers <laughs> <laughs> that are technical masterpieces. <laughs> Got to be one of my favorite genres. <laughs> I, I also gave it a five out of five. I love it. I said four and a half. Oh, did you? Yes. Oh, man. I did not give it a five. Scathing. You've been giving every Spielberg movie you watch a five out of five. Is that so terrible? Be, I'd be scared so to bad? watch C Crystal Skull with you. Uh, on, on the 15th as well, uh, I watched Scooby-Doo, Legend of the Family. Fantasaur. Fantasaur. Uh, this was again a rewatch for me. This was like half Fantasaur a rewatch. Before. Half a love, rewatch. Love me, me some Fantasaur. Fantasaur. It's I think it's one of my favorite Scooby Doo movies that I've seen so far. Out of the thirty some Scooby Doo movies I have watched, <laughs> I think this one is great. I think its physical comedy is some of the best that it is in the Scooby Doo series. Um, I mm. love Shaggy in it. I just love so much of everything it's doing. Okay, fair enough. I, I wasn't as crazy about it as you were, evidently. Um, there, there are a bunch of Scooby-Doo movies that I'd easily prefer over this one. Well, I think I put this as, like, it's in my top ten. Yeah, yeah. It's not. Um, it was good, though. I, I enjoyed it. It was fun. Um, I gave it a three and a half out of five. I gave it a four. Whoa. Then on the 16th, I watched uh, Blood Simple. Blood Simple. Um, for the first time. Ayo. Coen Brothers' first film. Their which debut is insane. feature. Insane. <laughs> Uh, it was amazing. I really loved it. I was kind of surprised that it's got such a mixed reception from people that I follow. Um, yeah. Like, a lot of people, it didn't really work for them, um, I guess. And I mean, I, I had heard some mixed things this, about it. This yeah. was really great. Again, it's a very... I would say it's a simple story, but it's actually really complicated. But it's very small stakes. There's, like, five characters <laughs> all doing their own thing. The sequences are all really cool. There's a really cool nightmare sequence at one point. Ooh, the entire uh, thing is beautiful. <laughs> the lighting is some of the best lighting I've ever seen in a movie. It all keeps a very kind of anxiety-inducing dream feel throughout the entire like movie. Like a fever dream? <laughs> kind of. I don't, I don't know. Like, it's very... Yeah. The entire thing is, like a panic attack where you don't know what's going on <laughs> and like you, I don't know it's very very cool very nice. up my alley I'm really excited to watch it again um, yeah I can't wait to see it I Sounds gave it good. a four and a half out of five the only reason I didn't give it a five was just it wasn't quite as engaging in the middle as I wanted it to be it kind of lost a little bit of its like yeah uh, snappiness yeah um, but still so good uh, and on the 16th, I watched oh, <laughs> Sharknado boy. for the first time. <laughs> a, bit, a bit a bit worse of a movie. A, a lower caliber of film, one might say. A lower tier. Um, but it was fun. Uh, I had heard... I, I know it's kind of like a cult classic at this point. Um, uh, and it's probably the best... A film I've seen from the asylum, the for, asylum. Those, for those familiar. Um, <laughs> but it's interesting. I, I think... It is a very ambitious film, and it works surprisingly well. <laughs> uh, I love the way the CGI sharks move. They're so funny. <laughs> uh, I give it a two and a half out of five. Then on the 17th, we watched The Big Sleep, the, big the 1940s sleep. version. Yeah, Howard Hawks, baby. Um, I love... 
I love Howard Hawks. <laughs> Humphrey Bogart, Howard Hawks. Um, Humphrey Bogart is so much fun in this. Howard Hawks really is a good director. He's such a good director. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I really, I really loved what this movie was doing. Like so much of this is like noir at its most fun. Right. Like Humphrey Bogart, I'm not a big fan of, but he was like He's he was so much really, fun really in this, fun man. in this. So many of Pulping the noir tropes like work so well. Yeah. Um, I didn't like it as much as I was hoping because it like by the middle it really kind of lost me. I I had almost fully disengaged with it because the story, like the actual mystery and everything, is kind of like shockingly incoherent at parts. Um, I guess so. It yeah. leaves you with very little to hold you on during some of the more like down times in the story. I could see that for sure. Um, it wasn't as big of a problem for me. Well, yeah, I, I don't know. I just it. got kind of bored. And yeah. It felt really long, even though it's not that long. Of a <laughs> yeah, movie. it's not that long. It does feel long. I will give you that. <laughs> uh, but it's still really great what it's doing. Like when it does what it does well, it does it like yeah. so well and so fun. Uh, I give it a four and a half out of five. I give it a three and a half. Uh, and then I watched or I rewatched Legend. We just and we just did that. That was like, that was like, like ten, an hour, like an hour. It was like ago. an hour ago. What was, what's up with that? That's crazy. <laughs> we're we're coming up right to the present. Uh, but yeah, that's what we watched. There some, it is. Some good movies, some really cool movies. Um, yeah. Thanks, thanks for listening to the episode, especially if you made it this far. Yeah. We ended <laughs> up talking about what we watched for almost as long as we talked about Legend. Well, that's not true. It's only about half the time, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, go watch uh, The French Dispatch if you're old enough to watch The French Dispatch. Go watch Blood Simple. Go watch The If post. you're old enough to watch Blood Simple, I guess. I don't <laughs> go watch uh, The Post, Go watch baby. The Post. It's a uh, great movie. Watch Scooby-Doo movies. Go yeah. watch Legend. Find the director's Legend. cut if you Seek can. Seek out the director's cut. Seek the director's cut. <laughs> you might find it at your local Go, Barnes go on Noble. your own fantasy quest to find exactly. the director's cut. You might <laughs> find it at your own Barnes & Noble. So while you're picking up those new criterions <laughs> and you're and you're shopping around maybe this time take take a moment walk over to those to those dvds and blu-rays uh, we find we find i Scooby- got like i got goodfellas for like five bucks we there. find scooby-doo <laughs> movies there all the time like right. scooby-doo movies you can't find anywhere else witches ghost uh zombie island. island like like the best scooby-doo movies are sitting in those little cheap barnes and noble bins <laughs> so go find it watch it enjoy it And we'll catch you guys in the next episode.